0: Welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have real conversations, helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I am Becky Harling, and I have with me today my amazing co-host, Sarah Wildman. Hey, Sarah.
1: Hi, Becky. It's wonderful to be with everyone today. I love all of the topics that we talk about because as a mom of a seven and a nine year old, there hasn't been one yet that didn't apply to me. So I know there are a lot of other mamas out there that feel the same. And, you know, this, this might sound a little negative, Becky, but I feel like all of us mamas, no matter what ages we have, no matter what the family dynamic is, we can all kind of resonate with that feeling of weariness, right? Just trying to get all the things done be all the things to all the people, love our kids the way we want to, our husbands, our families. So I'm excited that we can take a minute today and talk about the opposite of weary, which which is strength. So I'm totally (laughs) excited about our guest. We had her on in season one and legitimately she was one of our favorite guests. So we're so excited to have her back.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, we all need strength in our seasons Mm. of motherhood, no matter whether you're just starting out or if you're a grandmother, because there's all the things in life that can sometimes Mm. make us weary. And so our guest today is Julie Lavender. And as Sarah said, she was one of our absolute favorites in season one. So we just really had to have her back. And she has a new book out called Strength for All Seasons. Julie is the author of 10 different books. She's been a recent guest on Focus on the Family broadcast. She's a journalist, an author, a former homeschooling mom. No wonder you were weary. Um <laughs> <laughs> She's married to her high school and college sweetheart. Julie and David are the parents of four, the in-laws of two, and the grandparents of one. And Julie is just a whole lot of fun.
2: Welcome, Julie. We're excited to have you here. Thank you so much. And y'all are so sweet. My goodness, my head has swelled. It's a good thing I'm in a really big room because y'all are just amazing. So thank you for those kind words. I'm so happy to be here this morning.
0: Well, I love your heart for kids, you know, and for mamas. And so give us the backstory on this new book, straight for All Seasons. What made
2: you write it? Well, you know, this was a really, really fun book to do. And um, what made me write it was the publisher asked for it. So this was another of my work for hire um, publications. And if uh, for non-writers, that means the publisher came up with the idea and gave me the specs and the the you know how long they wanted it to be, how many words, et cetera, et cetera. But then I was free to run with it after that. They had the general idea that moms are weary and that we need. To rely on God's strength. And so they gave me some parameters and then I just ran with it and had a blast. And it helped me so much. You know, it just brought back to mind other times in my other seasons in my life when I needed God's strength. And I loved doing it. Hmm.
1: That is awesome. So, and I, I think they picked the right person to have write that book, Julie. So great <laughs> job you. on on that. I'm excited to pick it up. So I'll be honest, in my career, I I work in advertising, and burnout is a common phrase that's used in a lot of careers, right? But I really haven't heard it used with moms, mainly because you can't really leave. Like, it's not like a job where you're like, I'm burned out. I'm going out. So, so talk about mom burnout. I mean, what, what
2: does that it's mean? It's kind of hard to change that profession, you know? Um, we could, we yeah, I'm
1: like, that's my number one and I can't get out.
2: Well, it's funny that you say that because, and I've shared this, I think, in another podcast, but um, oh, I don't remember how many years ago. So my youngest is like 25 now and I think she was eight or 10. I can't remember. Okay. So um, I actually wrote a resignation letter to my children. I had had such a bad week. I don't know. You know, they just, um, they needed this. I was homeschooling them. Something, I don't remember what season it was, but they needed something for church. I don't remember if it was some costumes or whatever. They needed a ride here, a ride there, the food for this and food for their friends. And I'm, you know, and I felt like I wasn't being appreciated. And I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe some hormones were going on. I don't really know, but I was poor me. So I wrote, I think it was four pages long. And I cleared this with my husband. Four page long resignation letter. I said, I'm done doing this. You're responsible for your food, getting yourself to all your activities, um, this, that, and the other. Now, the youngest one, we were still going to get her to dance and all that. But, you know, I just told him, I said, I'm never appreciated. I'm never appreciated. Well, you know, it, um, it startled them and it hit home rather quickly. But the interesting thing about it was as I was bemoaning this and praying and, you know, God changed their hearts. They're so unappreciative. I don't know. It was almost like a bolt of lightning. I I really (laughs) felt like God said, you know, this is how I feel sometimes.
1: And Mm. from the
2: moment that thought hit me, I was like, Oh my goodness. All I do is ask God for more. Ask Him for this help. Ask Him for this strength. You know, now I'm pretty good about trying to praise God, but you know, I'm not all I wasn't always grateful. So it hit pretty hard. And mm-hmm. I apologized to the kids. They apologized. We did some regrouping. But um, yo, know, I still laugh. Every now and then I'll tell them I said, Don't make me pull out that resignation letter again. <laughs> But, um, but, you know, moms are really burned out. I don't know if it's social media. And I love my social media. I love being able to connect with friends on Facebook and other places. Facebook, I guess that shows how old we are because they say the younger one's like. But, you know, I love that. I love that ability. I love that capability. But there's so much comparison going on now because we mm-hmm. see what mm-hmm. looks like just the great things that are happening in everybody else's life. And, and meanwhile, I'm having a kitchen fiasco and everybody else is having a marvelous life. We're just... We're rushed. There, there's so much pressure to compete, to succeed, to do this, to do that. We're bu- we're burned out. We're tired. I don't know mm-hmm. an answer. I'm not saying I know an answer, but I know we are tired. We're weary. Yeah, yeah. That's I funny.
0: I so agree with you, Julie. I it was interesting. So two of my daughters, they have their two sons are in the same class in school. So they're both second grade and my one daughter called me and said, oh my word, I just found out from the other daughter that they have to dress up like they're Greeks today in a yoga, you know, in a toga. So she's like racing to Target to get a white sheet and then (laughs) neither of them had safety pins or even chip clips, you know. And (laughs) I'm just thinking, you know, these moms are under so much pressure and both of them have other children. This is not the only
2: child. That's just one they're they're trying to Take care of that need. Yes. Yeah. And
0: so they're trying to get their kids to, you know, doctor's appointments, dance, uh, soccer and all these things. And I, I think you're correct about social media because that's an added pressure, Julie, that you and I didn't have when we were raising our kids. That's That's a new thing, but that's up the ante even more because now moms are like, well, why can she do all that? And I can't, you know? right? And as a result, we have some really tired moms. So when weariness sets in, what has helped you personally to focus on God's strength rather than your own?
2: Well, um, I've never considered myself a very brave person. Um, And so there's a lot of times that I feel like that comes easy for me. And I say that, but at the same time, I realize my patterns are, I get frustrated. Sometimes I never know if the tears are going to come first or the anger is going to come first and all this other stuff comes first. And then I'm like, oh, why don't I pray about this? And so, you know, I, but I am very quick to lean on him because I don't feel like I've never been, I don't feel like I've ever been a brave person. And so even like with the children, I would tell them things like if it was certain things I was giving them instructions on, I said, you know what? I'm doing what I believe God wants me to do for you. What I believe is best for, for you because of what God has revealed to me through the Bible if you've got a problem with this restriction, with this rule, with this, whatever, take it up with God. Um, Mm. And so I could get away with that for a lot of times they didn't do the, you know, the eye rolling or the door slamming or whatever, because when I put it in that perspective and I had really good kids, but when I put it in that perspective, you know, they saw me relying on God and realized, okay, she's made this rule for my best, even if I don't like it. And that worked a lot, but it didn't always help. But, but I do. I just feel like I can't do this without the Lord. And so I say it comes easy to me. That doesn't mean life is easy, but it comes easy to cry out to Him. And there are times that I'm just like, Jesus, I don't even know what to ask for right now, but please help. That's all I could think of to say sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Please help. It's one of my favorite prayers, Julie. <laughs> yeah, I mine too. It happens often. Yes. Yes. I was, in fact, I was a, during a stressful work call yesterday and i aloud is just like please lord help us with this and then i moved i mean it's it's a sincere thing and and so good no shame in that so thinking back i love the resignation letter example thank you for sharing that with us <laughs> i wonder now that you have now that you have the perspective and you look at your walk with the lord with all of that were there some i want to say warning signs that maybe you could have picked up on sooner? Maybe with your connection with the Lord, it wasn't quite where it needed to be that I'm just thinking about the fact that there's probably things before burnout that we can, we can address.
2: I think you you're right. Speaking about I, know in, I know in my case, the busier I get, certain things get pushed to the side. You know, it might be, um, it might be mm-hmm. my Bible reading because I think, I can catch up on that later. But this project has to be done right now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my prayer time, you know, I, when the kids were little, and I would, I would either have my prayer time in the house or on the front porch when they got a little bit older. Now I have the luxury of doing uh, just my own prayer walks. But uh, there would be times when I'd push that to the side. And I'd think, I can catch up on that later. I can't leave the children. I have to do this. Um, so there were warning. There were things where I was moving away from the Lord. You know, He never moved. He was right there the whole time, and mm-hmm. He was the one holding me up. Meanwhile, I'm just brushing Him aside, and He's the one holding me up through the whole thing. So, um, and I, when I don't go ahead and share, uh, so so when I drift away from Him, that's the worst possible thing I could do, and that's that seems to be mm-hmm. what happens first. And then I don't share those things with the children. I let it build up. I let it build up inside. And then when I finally, you know, when the final straw that breaks the camel's back, which is probably something very minor, but then that's when I decide I need to resign. You know, I should have done better at expressing little things along. My husband's great, but he was probably busy with his career and didn't Mm-hmm. totally realized what was going on. I should have done a better job of asking for help from him. Being the stay-at-home mom, I thought I could do it all on my own, and I didn't want to bother him. In my mind, it was, he has a job. I don't have a job. It, that was my mindset, even though being a homeschooling stay-at-home mom, that's a full-time job, and it's an admirable one. Seriously. Whether likeness. I was working outside yeah. the home or not, um, you know, he wanted to help, But yet I just never even ask him. So I think a lot of Mm. drifting away from the Lord, not sharing my feelings right away and not asking for help. I think sometimes we don't ask for help because we think that's going to make us not look strong or look like a failure. When in reality, Mm. that's exactly what we need to be doing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you Mm -hmm. know, um... Time with the Lord is essential, as is asking for help, and just practicing some really good self-care when the seasons of motherhood are just stressful, and they are sometimes. I mean, I think so many of our listeners are managing, like Sarah, raising kids, working, and trying to keep all the balls in the air, and it is stressful, and it can leave you really Tired and weary. And so tell us a little bit about how the book is set up uh, Mm -hmm. Strength for All Seasons.
2: Um, it has a, a story at the beginning, uh, an antidote, like like most, um, like a lot of devotionals do. And so it has that story related to a particular verse. Um, we tried, they really uh, Penguin Random House wanted me to specifically pick out some very strong, very strong, very strong verses about strength. <laughs> very powerful verses about strength. And then I built the devotion uh, around that. So it has an anecdote at the front and then of course an application. And then there's uh, three reflection questions to kind of help us think about, to put that into our own lives because it might be a very specific personal story that happened to me or a friend, but yet then reflection questions to help us relate it to our own life. And then a prayer at the end that will hopefully bring us closer to the Lord. It's very short, um, just, you know, two pages for each one. And so, Mm. you know, not that we want to shorten our time with the Lord, but when, and and obviously reading his, his word is the best, but when we're short on time, just a, hopefully maybe even a five minute, it might be all it takes. And there's 52. So it's weekly, um, you know, you might even want to get through a paragraph a day for that week, you know, a paragraph a day and then a reflection question one day and a reflection question, you know, so you could stretch it mm-hmm. out even for the whole week. Because mm-hmm. I've never wanted to add one more thing to a mama's plate because I knew, you know, sometimes mine were so full, I thought it would just crumble if somebody put something else on there. But, but that time with the Lord is so crucial, uh, mm-hmm. whether we have to get up earlier to do it, stay up later, catch it during nap time. You know, sometimes some of the best times were if I made sure I did my time with the Lord, the minute I got that child down for a nap time before I started some of my other projects. And I wasn't always good with that. I would say, Mm -hmm. I've got to get that roast in the oven or or whatever I was in such a hurry to do. So it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's a hard season. I don't profess to know the answers. I still don't, even at this point. Sometimes it's a day-to-day thing and it changes daily, but I think the importance is just relying on him and hanging on to his strength to know. And there are times I wanted him to get me through this whole season, three or four months of whatever, if my husband was deployed or whatever, when in in reality, I should have been asking, God, I just need your strength for today. We'll start over Mm. again tomorrow. Mm. But right now I just need it for today. And there were times when I'm like, oh, dear God, will you please get me through this next hour and I'll be grateful,
1: you know? Yeah, right, Mm. right. Becky, I promise I'll get back on to some of our questions, but no, I have one other one that popped into my head with Julie. So as you're studying all of these strong scriptures about strength, what popped out to you that was maybe new? Um, mm, I know you're mm. familiar with scripture before that, but did anything kind of rise to the top as um, you were looking at all those scriptures?
2: Well, when it, as I was doing it, because one of my favorites has always been be strong and be courageous, um, which sure. there's so many references to that. And I knew there were more than more than. A couple of references to it, but I didn't know how many. And I just started oh noticing how often God told them that. And I kept thinking, you know, why do they need to, get to be told this over and over again? That was refreshing to me because it, you know, if the Israelites with him right there with them, if he had to keep telling them over and over again, then when I come bemoaning to him yet again, I, I don't have to feel bad about that. I can... I can know that I need that reassurance every single day. Um, And, you know, I loved uh, finally be strong. uh, Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord and then the strength of his might. You know, it's his strength. I I think that's what I don't think it. it I think it took this whole book to register. It is his strength. I'm never going to be strong. I think I would pray things that would Mm. help me be braver. Help me be Mm. stronger. Help me have better self-esteem so that I can be more confident. And I think I was praying all the wrong things uh, that I just should have been saying, help me rely on your strength. It's your strength. That's the only way I'm going to get through. You're the, it's your power. It's your might. And let me lean into that to accomplish this job. It's, it's not about me growing in strength. It is. I don't really want to say that wrong. Um, Uh, Because I hope I'm stronger after having written the book. But the main point is, it is his strength. I'm never going to be able to accomplish this. You know what? Because if if I get too strong, then why would I need him? So it's never, that's, I'm never going to be, I never should want to be strong enough to accomplish this on my own. Mm-hmm. I've got to keep leaning into him so that I will grab onto him every single day with whatever new kitchen fiasco I have for that day. It's going on since May. Can you tell this is a problem? Um, so <laughs> every single day, I've got to ask him to help me get through that next thing. You know, I as I'm thinking about this, Julie, um,
0: God has all strength, right? He's all powerful. And yet going back back a few minutes where you commented about the day that you wrote the resignation letter and God said, I have felt that way too. I love the empathy of God in that, you know, because we always think, well, God's strong all the time and he doesn't need me to say thank you. But he's a personal being, you know, right. and I, I love how we have a God who can empathize with us when it's all falling apart. And you must exactly. have had a lot of those times because your husband was in the military. So I'm assuming he deployed sometimes while you're in the middle of homeschooling for children, you know, That's exactly what right. was
2: that like? For you? It was very hard because I did not have any kind of a military background. And so after we both finished our masters, uh, when he decided to join the Navy, um, you know, I would, I moved away from the only home I'd ever known. I didn't have a support system. I didn't have anybody around. I met friends quickly, but I didn't, didn't have anyone. And then he would deploy often. And, um, he really, the most, the lengthiest one was the, uh, the Gulf war. So he was gone for over six months. Mm-hmm. His job as a medical entomologist, he didn't go for like a lot of my friends six months, 18 months, a year out of every three years, but he would be gone two weeks here, three weeks here, three months here, mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. here. So it was constant. It was a lot of traveling. And, uh, you know, because I leaned so much on David and he was my support system. And didn't I didn't have others there? I had to lean on the Lord, especially at the beginning of a new half the time we would move to a new place, and he'd leave the next day to go off oh. somewhere, and I'd be there not knowing a even a soul. So um, that really I felt like draw me drew me closer to the Lord, just knowing I had to depend on Him. You know, had and I didn't really want to. I didn't want to join the. I didn't want him to join the military. I thought, oh, I don't want to leave my home. It was a blessed and wonderful experience for us. And I don't know if I would have learned that without, because I did have so much support here. My whole family, his whole family, friends that we'd grown up with. I don't know if I would have learned to lean on the Lord quite as much. You know, he took me away from here and plopped me in places where I didn't know a soul. And I, you know, it was,
1: Hmm.
2: he should have been my first and foremost, but I was like, okay, well, I don't know anybody. I've got to turn to the Lord. And it Hmm. just really Hmm. drew me closer to him and helped me know, this is my ultimate strength. This is my stronghold right here. Mm. Wow. Mm. wow.
1: So we're going to talk about maybe different seasons of motherhood next up here, Julie. Thinking back to when your kiddos were diaper-wearing toddlers, I know that was a while ago, but um, would you mind sharing sometimes that you relied on God's strength during that very short but intense season of motherhood? <laughs>
2: You know, from day to day, from changing endless diapers or whether it was, um, you know, figuring out if one was picky and they wouldn't eat this or whatever. So those those were little things that, you know, I, I felt like I remember to try to pray to him about. But there were also several instances like my my third child. um Because I had one that had pneumonia and we had to have a hospital stay and we had to figure out what to do with Mm. with the kids and one that had Mm. um, a bad case of bronchitis. I had a kidney stone one time, like less than a month (sighs) after we had moved into a place, I wound up with my first and only, thank you, Jesus, uh, kidney stone. and. Um, basically left the kids with a woman across the street that I thought I could trust her. I'd only met her a couple of times, but I mean, and then drove myself to the hospital, which was nutty. I mean, it was crazy. So there were so many times when I just felt like God is my only source here. But one of the ones I remember specifically, my third child, um, he'd started crying during bath time and he was holding his leg funny. And I thought he must've twisted his leg or something like that. Well, he woke up. He woke me up during the middle of the night and then he started throwing up. So I thought, oh, he's got a bug. That was the whole problem. But at like two or three in the morning, um, I went to get his blankie out of the dryer. And when I leaned over with him, he cried out in pain. And so I could tell, oh, something's hurting him. It was like the Holy Spirit said, okay, check his diaper again. Well, when I unzipped his onesie, he had like a, it was probably the size of an orange, uh, bulge in his lower abdomen it turned out mm. it was a testicular torsion. We, so at three in the morning, we're waking up all the kids. Cause at this point, I don't think we knew anybody there either and oh. drove to the hospital and it turned out to be mm. a very quick surgery. And, um, but you know, God just led me through that. It was like, mm. I, I am convinced that, you know, oh, it can just bring tears in my eyes, but he whispered to me, Check, I, I think I'd already changed this diaper. Check it again, or something. It was just the, I felt like I needed to check something, and they said it was, you know, it needed to be happen fast, or the blood vessels or whatever was going to mm-hmm. be damaged permanently. I don't know, but little things like that. We're driving to try to get to Washington D.C. to Walter Reed Hospital in the middle of the night, and then they eventually put us in an ambulance. And I I don't know how people go through all the little things from changing a million diapers. To a panic like that without having the Lord to lean on. Um, yeah. you know, had had everything turned out differently, God would have spent still been good, he would have still been there. But I knew he had good plans for me, for my son, for whatever. And I knew I just needed to lean into him for whatever the result was. But yes, there were so many times that I just knew I had to just lean on him. I, I didn't know where else to turn and what else to do. <laughs>
0: You know, I'm thinking about all of this, Julie, and I think sometimes when we look ahead, we think, oh, I'm not going to be able to face that or this or whatever. But then when we look back, we can see, hey, God was really faithful to me then, and he gave me the strength I needed to get through those times, you know? And, And as I think about that, you know, what would you say about relying on God's strength When your kids are teenagers, I mean, for a lot of moms, they really are nervous about that season. They're anxious about it. And some of them may be in it and feeling like, I don't know what in the world I'm doing, you know? And so what would you say
2: about relying on God's strength then? You know, I think that's even, you know, the challenges... I don't want to diminish any of the challenges, but you know, in looking back, then when you get to that point, you think, boy, those a million diapers a day were, were a cinch compared to this, you know, it's easy to put a band aid on a knee, but it's, it's harder to put one on a teenager's heart, you know, when they've been hurt mm-hmm. by a friend or our middle school yeah. has been hurt by a, you know, a crush or whatever. I don't know. But so that to me was extremely hard. And, um, I, I know for us, in addition to trying to keep them in the word, keeping them in regular prayer time, letting them know we were praying for them. One thing that was huge for us was having them involved in our church. We were so immersed Mm -hmm. in our church that there were a lot of times when someone else could speak into their lives, you know, because mom and dad. I don't know, Some sometimes, and my kids are really good. So I do make a lot of jokes, but they're really good. You know, there were a lot of times, suddenly when my children got to be a middle schooler, mom and dad were idiots. I, I don't know what happened to us overnight, but we kind of became idiots. Uh, they never used that word, but we just became not so smart. And so um, one time I remember my daughter, my older daughter, telling me something that her Sunday school teacher had said. Well, it just so happens she's a, has the same name. Her name is Julie, but I graduated from, with her from high school. So I knew her well. She came home and told me almost verbatim something that I had said, you know, not that long ago. And, but you know, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it was like, mm. and you know, I, I, there was just a little twinge of jealousy because I wanted You know, I wanted to be the one that my daughter remembered me saying that. But then later I saw um, this other friend, Julie, and I said, thank you for being there for my daughter, for being her high school Sunday school teacher, because I had said those very words, but they don't always resonate from the parent. And so to hear it from someone else that she really thought a lot of and who that person invested in her life every Sunday and every Wednesday night for youth group. So having that support system, I think just changed the outcome of our children. Um, Just so keeping them involved in with other families, whether it's a homeschooling group with other families, with neighbors, friends, family members, church members, who support your beliefs and will guide them so that then eventually your children can look back and think, you know what, they did know what they were talking about and they appreciate, and they've been very thankful and they've, they've thanked Mm -hmm. us for our parenting and that sort of thing. But boy, I needed reinforcements. I needed the Lord then when they were teenagers, but I needed reinforcements. My youngest of the four, she's a uh, was a dancer all through high school and helped teach in college. So she was a little bit more dramatic and high maintenance than the rest of it. I can distinctly remember she was probably it was only nine or 10 and she started what seemed like there was going to be some hormonal issues, just a little bit of an attitude and all this kind of stuff that my older daughter didn't do till she was a, in, way into her teens. And I remember telling her, I said, listen, God only gives you a certain amount of hormones. If you use them up right now, you will have none left when you're a teenager. So you cannot treat me like Jennifer did. You cannot, there will be no eye rolling. You can't, there'll be you no know, sass. If you use them up, they're gone. Well, the thing that she was a very bright kid, but you know, at the same time, she kind of believed me. Um, and then later she said, yeah, that's not really true. But, um, so yes, I really needed story. the Lord, but I needed a support system. I, yeah. I had to have it. I, I think... Whether it's just a few or a whole large handful at the church, Mm -hmm. I think we need that support system then more than ever.
0: You know, before, Sarah, you go to the next question, I I love that you said that, Julie. I know for us with our kids, too, it was really important to us that our kids were deeply involved in church. And I know that can be challenging for parents. You know, our kids were all in sports. And, you know, I know the whole sporting thing. And now my grandkids are involved in sports. But their parents are still saying, "Okay, you can put on your soccer uniform." and come to church first, and then you can head out to the tournament right. or whatever. But you have that system then. And, you know, when when our kids were teens, we had probably four or five parents. We were all on the same page. So we all prayed for each other's kids, you know, and we stayed mm-hmm. in close touch. And that you need that community right. during the teen years because you're exactly right. You know, uh, you you need that social system. Right. And others
2: praying. I guess I haven't said that much about that. I've talked about me praying an awful lot, but to know that others are praying for your children, that's huge. That is huge. Mm. Yeah. My goodness.
1: Well, you're letting us like hop through all of these intense seasons in your life, Julie. So we'll hop to the one you're in now, I guess. Um, And that's relying on God's strength during an empty nest, right? I mean, here you've poured yourself into your children's lives and then all of a sudden, they're, you've launched them, which is the goal, I think, <laughs>
2: right? That's but, right.
1: But um, <laughs> I don't understand that transition. I'm, I'm years away from that. But would you mind talking about how you've relied on God's strength in this new season you're in?
2: Uh, that's been very hard for me um, because of just being so involved with the kids and then homeschooling them and being involved because I volunteered with the youth a lot while they were in youth. So that was very hard for me and they have launched. And, you know, there are a lot of times I thought, okay, so I homeschooled you. I gave up my life for you. I thought you'd move no more than like just maybe a mile away from me. But mm-hmm. um, but one uh, works in Savannah, although he still lives local and that's an hour away. One is in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's about six and a half hours away. One's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's another five something. And they're all different directions. And then one's in North Georgia, four and a half hours away. And so, but it has been hard for me. I have, I I still enjoy my writing. I I do an awful lot of that. I enjoy cooking and baking, but but it has been a hard season. And it's made me, I feel like, turn to the Lord even more because, you know, when you're surrounded by children, there, there are times you think. I just will somebody please send me to time out just for 20 minutes so I can be alone. <laughs> and I never really meant that, but now I am alone. You know, uh, it's like constant um, time out right now, but not really. Yeah. But um, and so it's given me even more time to spend with him. I when I walk and do my prayer time, I just I feel like it's been a time to draw even closer to him. And we've mm-hmm. laughed about prayer about our uh, prayer for our children. And I've joked about toddlers time and joked about teenagers, but you know what? Sometimes I feel like I pray even more for them now as adults, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you get this mindset when they're, Mm -hmm. when they're out of your house and on their own, you know, your worries are over. Although as a mom, I don't think they ever are, but, um, but I think now I pray for more often, you know, when one has to change jobs or when they're trying to figure out daycare for the grandson or, you know, the the two boys aren't married, the two girls are. And there are times that I say, God, you, you know, they're still not married, right? You're working on that. Um, you know, so it's just I feel like I'm in more constant prayer now. Uh, you know, uh-huh. please take care of my uh-huh. my adult children. So there's never a time we don't need him. I am figuring that out. Why why I didn't think I, why I thought I didn't know that to begin with, but there is never a time we don't Mm. need him. You Mm. know, from little things, if my, one of my daughters shares that a friend hurt her feelings, you know, I thought that drama would end when they got out of high school, but there's never a time when I don't need his strength. I just can't do this on my own. Yeah, right. I. Mm-hmm. you are so right, Julie.
0: I have discovered that in my own life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the prayer, it becomes more continual because the problems get perhaps a little bigger when they're adults. I um, think so. Yeah. Sarah, why don't you close us out in prayer? Because we're just about out of time here. But Julie, thank you. You're always mm-hmm. a delight.
2: Mm-hmm. I have had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Well, and I just love that theme, uh, Julie. You've you've already
1: taught me from this about the fact that it's not just a goal of just being strong enough. Like he's always our strength, and so I'm I'm taking that away as a huge lesson. So thanks for sharing that with us. I know that was a journey to get there. So thank you for sharing it with us. And yes, I'd love to pray for our listeners as we close. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your strength, Lord. We know that we can't do anything without your strength and Lord, forgive us for the times that we think we can. Um, so often we can try to do it in our own strength and Lord help us to remember that you are the source of all strength, that you are patient and kind and willing to help us in every time of need, Lord. Thank you for these moms and grandmas and friends of moms who are listening and for the influence they have on children and adult children. Father, we ask that you would, um, Make yourself known in circumstances where your strength really is all that we need. And Lord, we just ask that um, you'd remind us to rely on you for all those things. Father, thank you for this book that Julie's written. I just ask that you would use it to remind so many people that you are our source of strength. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Hey friends, I want to remind you that we are standing on the brink of a new year and this is a great book for you to purchase mm. and begin your new year because it's got 52 weeks of prayers for you and um, it's a 52 week devotional, right, Julie? Yes. Um, so cool. there are 52 weeks in every year. This You are going to need strength in this new year. And so why not pick up this book, order it. You can order it wherever books are sold and really dive in. I love that Julie made it short, so it's very manageable for you. So thanks for joining us today on the Connected Mom podcast. And we hope that you're going to join us again next week, where we'll have another conversation that will help you to connect more deeply with God more empathically with your fellow moms and more intentionally with your child. We'll talk with you next week. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child, one of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child, is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and
2: put the work into listening to your child.